This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're almost superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald. This is my host show, Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, I am joined by yet another phenomenal guest. Really love this guy. You will, too, as you come to hear him speak. Who I'm joined by today is a gentleman by the name of Doug Sandler. So who is Doug? Well, what I can tell you about Doug is that he is a nationally recognized speaker and writer with extensive business experience as an entrepreneur and leader. His book, Nice Guys Finish First, is a number one ranked Amazon bestseller. As a podcaster, Doug has interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk, Ariana Huffington from HuffPost, Dan Harris from Good Morning America, Ron Klain, White House Chief of Staff, and dozens of celebs. He specializes in teaching others the how-tos of building relationships and strengthening connections. How true is that? Good morning, Doug. Thank you for joining us here today. How are you? I'm doing great. I want to go back to Lady Gaga because I was doing – I get my dance on as you were doing that. I love that. I want to go back there. Yeah. She's awesome, isn't she? Yeah, she uh, she definitely knows how to pull pull out all the stops, and, and uh, what a what a trained, talented star that she is. But she doesn't need to tell us that, and we don't have to talk about Lady Gaga today. Let's talk about you, Lisa. No, we're here to talk about you, Doug Sandler. So oh why don't we start with? I'm going to let the listeners know because given how expansive the show is, so why you're particularly special to me and why I'm really grateful for the gift of your time and joining myself and the listeners here today. Doug and I had the opportunity to initially meet. Uh, we had been in contact uh, through written correspondence and whatnot prior to actually having met December 6th in New York. Uh, I had been invited to uh, the C-Suite Advisor Conference and I got to meet you in person. And I have to say, you are seriously a salt of the earth phenomenal human being, which I think is really nice when you're coupled with talking about somebody who's very successful in the business world, because sometimes that's not always the perception and it's not always the interpretation. And I just think you just, you you marry those qualities exceptionally well. And I think that probably adds to your success. Well, thanks. And, and actually, I, I, I've, since I've married twice, literally, so I guess I've, I've redone this a couple times. So, you know, you, you get things wrong the first time. You screw up and you fix it. So that's that's Absolutely. why I'm here. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and I also want to say, too, for people who may or may not be attached to me on Facebook, Doug is hilarious. He's got a phenomenal sense of humor. Everybody knows that my uh, signature picture that's attached to my radio guests and launching of the shows and whatnot and, and posting the podcast is of me and my red toque. And Doug just surprised us before going live with uploading a picture of himself right beside me in his own red toque. <laughs> yeah, it was very challenging to find that. It's now getting to be springtime here in the D.C. area, and it's very, it was very hard to find a, 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 a red knit cap, but I, I, I did well, scour one, and I found it, and I got it. <laughs> Well, I was very touched by the effort, so thank you for that. But, Doug, let's get right into it. So let's talk about C-Suite. Let's talk about your relationship, your involvement, what this has all come to be and represent, because you just your career has exponentially taken off. A lot of that, I think, is attributed to uh, the fact that you are a phenomenal connector. Uh, you've certainly done a great job behind the scenes with me, uh, getting me as a guest on other people's podcasts, successful podcasts. Um, so you're really one of those people who truly, even in the business world, the corporate world truly pays it forward and is of service and you do it without agenda so i just want to say let's talk about let's dig in and dive in deep with c-suite for people who know may not necessarily know what c-suite is do you want to just do a little overview of that Sure. Well, C-Suite is about a half a million C-level execs that uh, that are looking for content. They're looking for a community. They're looking for association. And I'm the director of partnerships for the C-Suite Radio Network, which is their network of right now about 30-some 
shows and and loving it, not necessarily because of the the dollars and cents that are attached to it, but because of the huge connections that we're able to make uh, in that in that at that level, which is great. And ever since I've joined that association, things have seemed to really uh, very much exponentially grow, like you've made reference to before. So yeah, it's it's been. Uh, it's been great. It's been great uh, connecting. And just to get back to what you were saying just for a second, just a moment ago, I think that if if, it, if you go through life without an agenda of having to put together uh, what is it in it for me, but instead go at something with the approach of how can I help improve somebody else's life, the money always comes. It always does. Mm-hmm. 30 years of, of business background really leads me to believe that that you don't have to go at something with the approach that how can I make money from this or how can I benefit from this. If you help enough other people, I know you've heard this ad nauseum, Lisa. I'm sure this is probably <laughs> part of the the the, the uh, uh, you know living fearlessly approach. But if you if you live a life of serving others, you will totally get everything that you want and then some in return. As long as you approach that without the attitude of what is in it for me. Very true. Very, very true. And, you know, because you've gotten exceptionally clear in your direction and you've honed it exceptionally well, Doug, you know, it's it's no surprise because I truly don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe in accidents. I really believe in, in synergies and people aligning with the right people, the right opportunities at the precisely right time. So having read to the listeners a little bit about your bio and your background how did you how did you come to get the Gary Vaynerchuks and the Ariana Huffingtons I mean you know how did that come to be for you you want to hear the the most convoluted story and the and the thing that is really the reality of all of that is I ask them (laughs) (laughs) I ask them it just happened to be right place right time with enough people if it wasn't going to be Gary V and Ariana Vayner and uh, Ariana Huffington it was going to be another two people that that were out there I've landed these amazing interviews because of my consistent message my persistent message and the fact that there is enough social proof that's out there that shows that I'm a legitimate business person that that uh, that really is follows the strategies that that nice guys finish first. I mean, geez, I wrote the book. Nice guys finish first. Literally wrote that book. If people can't see from doing a little bit of research about me that I am the real deal when it comes to that, and again, all of that has to do with how are you branding yourself. If you have a very thin veneer of an agenda, uh, and people can see through that and to to the real you, and you're not living the way that you should, a, a good, wholesome, honest life then people are going to discover that very quickly by doing any level of investigation. So really the reality of how do I land an interview with a guy like Gary Vaynerchuk who has, you know, millions of followers, it's I just ask. And and I didn't do it in any kind of backhanded way. I just I got I was on Twitter at Gary V, I think is his his Twitter handle, at Ariana Huffington, I or A Huffington, I think is her I, I don't even remember what their handles are anymore on Twitter. I asked them and they decided to come on the show. And that's that's the reality of it. I wish I had a better story than that though. No, but I think it's great that you simplified that based on the truth. And, you know, sometimes I think as, as human beings, whether it be in personal life or whether it be in business, we tend to overcomplicate things and then we end up bringing about all this unnecessary strife in our life. So if you simplify it and as you say, you just execute, ask the questions, because if you don't ask, the answer will always be no. Right. I, I completely agree. And and let me let me just say this. While it certainly was great to have somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk and Ariane Huffington and Ron Klain and Dan Harris on the show, and those are four celebs. And if you don't know them, you know, they're they're everything from political um, celebrities to to uh, TV celebrities. What it's it's so amazing to me that while those names carry your reputation in the oh, well, I know that guy. That's great. The people that I love having on the show. Are the Lisa McDonalds and the, Aww. uh, and, you know, and, 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 uh, and the Jeffrey Hazlitts and the, and the Bob Joneses of the world that are just make my life so much better because they, they promote, uh, Ariana Huffington, while I loved having her on the show and she's a, she's a, you know, a, a nameplate to have mm-hmm. as a, as a, wow, that's a great get, but she's not promoting my show, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I do a show with Lisa McDonald and all of a sudden I'm, I'm heard in 150 countries, you know, so for <laughs> me, it's like, this is this is the reality of it is we, we land those interviews with the Gary V's and the Ariana's and the Dan's and the Ron's because that's what the market thinks that they want to hear. But they want to hear the Donald's and the Kenneth Hollies and the and the and the Bob Joneses of the world, actually. Well, I really appreciate that, Doug. And, I, you know, I couldn't agree with you more because, of course, I've had, similar to yourself, different names, but I've had top-tier, 
guests on my show as well. And I've had a whole bunch of no-name people whose stories actually, in many cases, if not most cases, resonate with me the most because they embody the same types of traits and qualities of leadership that the the top tier people and the household name people do. Um, but they're, you know, they're doing it because they're truly humble and they're doing it at the grassroots level and they're spreading their message and they're spreading their goodness of paying it for and being of service to other people uh, without the notoriety attached to it. So, you know, even then it's even more so authentic. Yeah, I mean, like the, today we had a guest on our show. Her name is uh, Kaylin Ellsbury, and she's a, uh, a, a CF patient. She has CF, and it's a genetic uh, abnormality that causes cystic fibrosis. And I would rather have that survival story and story of persistence and courage and hardworking dedication on my on my show than somebody that that um, you know has 150 million viewers because they're a, a, a TV anchorman. I, it's it's the it's the it's the people that are. You know, street, feet to the street and on the pavement that are doing the job every day. Those are the guys and girls that I love having on my show. Absolutely. Well, I think another thing, and I've mentioned this before on radio, but it's, it's truly a segue into what we're talking about here. You know, I, I think people who look upon, uh, people, members of society based on status or based on, on whatnot, I mean, you're kind of getting away from the fact that, you know, you're not to put people on a pedestal. We're all the same. You know, I think sometimes why certain people's names are more recognizable than others, it's not because they were born with a certain type of ingredient within their DNA that separates them apart from other people, or it's not a superiority type thing. It's the fact that they have honed exactly what they love to do. And, um, and they've gone exceptionally clear within their journey of how to do that and how to keep it current and how to keep it fresh. And, you know, some of them might even say that there's an element of luck attached to that, met the right person at the right time. Again, in my world, I don't call that luck. I call that synergy and alignment. But, um, you know, so I think, you know, we're all the same. And we all bring something special and unique to the planet uh, in, in terms of imparting our gifts and our lessons to the rest of the world. Uh, but I think the only difference really between the known, the, the no-name people necessarily and the well-known people, it's, it's just the fact that they've really, really clearly set out on the path of what it is they felt they were meant to do. And they crystallized that and they banged it out. So that's really the only distinction I see. Well, and I also look at it and I think, what is it that that my audience wants to hear when I have somebody that has reached fame and fortune level? What do they want to hear from them? They don't want to hear the fame and fortune stuff. They want to hear the struggles. They want to hear yeah. the, the beginning. They want to hear when they were normal people. And it's always funny because I'm always, I'm, I, I keep thinking, well, we have this rock star on our show. Don't they want to hear about the rock star stuff? No, they want to hear about their failures because the idea behind somebody overcoming those adversities and those tribulations in their life to become a star that's mm-hmm. that's what makes it so attractive to to uh, to somebody to listen to it so anyway you, you are you are right about that very true very true good point thank you for adding that so Doug let's talk about your book and let's talk about the title I love the title and I I, I love that that's your brand all across the board so when you know because conversely people always when they hear something similar to what your brand is it's you know good guys always finish last the fact that you spun that around and it's completely the opposite let's talk about that what, what does that mean for you and why that title well, on chapter one uh, in my book called Nice Guys Finish First, there's a uh, there's a quote by Gary Shandling, and it's something like, if you don't think nice guys finish first, you don't know where the finish line is. And the reality of life is it really is all about that. It's how you define your goals, how you define the things that you want to achieve in life, and how you get there. I, I go to bed at night knowing that, I'm, at least in my attempt, in my course of my day, I'm trying to make this world a better place having had spent that one day in it. So my feeling is whenever I meet somebody or run into somebody or network with someone or have them as a client, um, I always want them to feel better about themselves having had before when they met me. So if I can go to bed at night knowing that that's the case, then I feel like that for me is finishing first. Now, does that mean I always win? No, I, I don't think I always win, but I, I think I feel like I am comfortable with who I am and – uh and then it also comes down to how we define success. You know, success doesn't necessarily come in the form of, of going to the bank. Success mm-hmm. could be the lives that you impact, the people that you, you know, that, uh, that are in your life and, and, uh, and the way that you impact the stuff that's going on in their world as well. So for me, all of those come into this, the, the category of how do I know that I'm finishing first? 
Wow, beautiful. Absolutely love that. Such a pivotal, poignant message. So thank you for sharing that, Doug. Um, I'd be interested to know who some of your tangible or intangible mentors are. Who Whose yumminess do you sponge up? <laughs> it's interesting. I tend to align myself with the people that are exactly the opposite of me. So I tend to be this really uh, uh, almost almost non-structured. So it seems non-goal setter. So it seems. I mean, there are there is a lot of structure in my life. I do little leave a life life of systems, but I tend to align myself with leaders, leaders, and and you even know, for example, this one guy that I'll, I'll share with you, Jeffrey Hazlett. You know, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Hazlett is a leaders leader. I mean, this guy uh, he he rules from the top. And it is all about top-down management. And I feel like I add a, a softer side to those kinds of leaders. And I've consulted with many organizations that have brought me in and said, you know, well, this is a – we're a very management-heavy organization. We believe in the the, the, um, the the systems and policies that we put in place are based upon how management thinks. And my feeling is the policies and procedures you put in place should be based upon how your front line is, uh, is handling your, your customers. Give your, give your front line a lot of the, the ability to make decisions and, uh, and make policies and procedures. And I think you'll have an organization that probably is a lot more profitable. That being said, listen, that's not the only way things are done. So I tend mm-hmm. to find I align myself very well with, with guys like Jeffrey that are in my life. So some of the hardcore leaders, those those are my those are my mentors. Those are the people that have become my my business coaches. So that's that's kind of how I how I see it from at least my perspective. Interesting. I like that. And so, how did you and Jeffrey come to initially meet? What were the circumstances surrounding that? Well, Jeffrey originally was a guest on my show uh, last year at some point, and when he came on my show, I just said, "Hey, this is a guy that I think that I." can align myself with because he's got some great connections and that's wonderful. But I, I, I see myself adding something to his mix that he may not even realize that he is, that he's missing or, or maybe he doesn't even care that he's, he was missing it. So, uh, a few months after that, I think Jeffrey was in DC. He told me he was starting this network of podcasters. Uh, I said, well, I have a podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I thought, Hey, this would be kind of interesting. Let's talk to him about what the opportunity is within the network. And, um, I, you know, started sharing with him some of my philosophy and whether he was attracted to the fact that I had a podcast and was interested in his organization or whether he saw there was an opportunity that he needed filled. I'm not really sure, but, but we decided together that I was going to help him open and run this, this, uh, this network of, of other podcasts. And again, it's been a, a very good run, you know, very short period of time. We started, uh, he started probably about two years ago with, I guess, building and collecting names and, and resources. And in uh, October or November, we decided to make this happen. In February, we launched with 30 some shows and we're, we're growing and we'll probably be at a, about a hundred shows by the end of the year. And that, at least that's our goal right now. Um, and there's a whole bunch of things that have, uh, that have fallen into place quite nicely since, uh, since we built this relationship. Beautiful. And so, you know, Doug, are you the type of person where there's a bit of a duality in your personality where, you know, you're very humble to be doing what you're doing now, but there's also maybe perhaps a, a, a type A personality attached to you where you're always looking ahead at the forefront, what, you know, what, what's next in line? And if that's the case, what is next in line for you? What, what else would you be interested in endeavoring to do? Always, always looking for opportunity, always looking for the next step. And I think that there's a, a common misconception that, that says that all, ni- all nice guys uh, not only don't finish first, but okay, so let's say nice guys finish last, which is the, 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 uh, the antithesis to, to what I actually believe in. But okay, so let's say that's the case. Also, people think that nice guys are pushovers and are yes men. And that's anything other than that and other than the case. I very much believe that uh, that if I can help enough other people, that would be great. But I also believe that uh, it's not always about yes. I mean, there's oftentimes I have to say no to somebody just because I'm trying to get to that next step. What is that next step right now? I don't know. I'm a I'm a really tough. It's a challenging long. I'm a, a very challenged to set long term goals. I'm very good at what's going on in the next 30, 60, 90 days beyond that. I mean, I'm looking back. I, I, you know, it's funny. I just had a conversation with my wife last night about our goals for 2017, and I'm looking back to uh, October and November where I started setting some of my 2017 goals, and I can already tell just based upon where my direction and where my life has been heading in 2017 so far that a number of those goals are goals that are not even part of my uh, plan anymore. I mean, the, wow. of the four that I set, the big four that I set, 
three of those are not even part of my agenda anymore because my life went in a different direction. So it's very Love hard it. for me to determine where I'm, where I'm going. So those that are listening to this right now know that even if you're really crappy goal setters, it's okay because <laughs> I, am, I am too. Love it. But I love the fact that you do set goals because I really, for myself personally, I know everybody has their own kind of ritual to how to execute and navigate themselves through their own journey. Uh, call it business, call it personal, call it whatever. And for me, I've always been a goal setter, both short and long term. And I just think that, you know, once you put it out there, it's more of an accountability piece. It's not enough to just have it swirling around in your mind or to say it to the odd friend who's going to love you regardless of whether you follow through on anything you say or not. Um, but I think, you know, it's setting the intention. And I think to, to set the intention and to see something come to fruition, whether it takes 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, or in my case, I've set some five-year goals, which did in fact take five years in which to accomplish. Um, but that came from from writing it down. Like I'm really into self-proclamations. I'm really into accountability. I use social media as an accountability piece. And I that might be a little bit too hardcore for you. Um, I don't know. But I, I think it's really important for the listeners to know that there's a number of techniques and strategies uh, that you can adopt as to oh, what's absolutely all right and, and I was going to say you you totally are hardcore with your with your accountability piece especially on social media between Gloria Steinem and Ariana Huffington and, and posting your <laughs> in, intentions I keep saying man that's balls <laughs> that really is right there oh, I'm sorry I don't know if you're in a, if anybody ever listens oh, to yes. my show they know that Mr. Explicit, Explicit is my show yes no there's a we, there's no holds barred here you say exactly what you want because it's authentic in the moment of saying it so got it, got it. okay yes. that's that's great that's great so yeah to, so to look at uh, look at your social media posts and I keep thinking wow she's really out there with what her intentions are some people look at that I know I just because I know how people are and they're like yeah man that's flaky and then I look at that and say that's awesome I said that's great because yep. enough people are not willing to put themselves out there put yourself out there fail miserably I love watching this jumbled mess of a line to go from B, a point <laughs> A to point B with with success at the other side of it you know you're going to get there. You know you are. And the best way to to uh, uh, to 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 quiet or to silence your naysayers is just keep trucking. And that's the best Absolutely. part about what you do. Just keep going. Absolutely. And, you know, it used to bother me, Doug, I'll be honest. You know, there was always a twinge of, of that when I became more public. And maybe this is something that you can relate to and, and, and talk more openly about yourself because the focus of the show is you, of course. Um, but in terms of, you know, what you just said, um, you know, there used to be a, an element of that. There used to be a twinge of that, even though I've always been a very vocal, outspoken, hardcore, thick-skinned person. And I think in this day and age, you have to be. I, I think you really have to be. And, and for what we do as entrepreneurs, podcasters, authors, you know, we wouldn't come – people wouldn't know who we are if we decided to play a small game. On a regular basis. And so for the people who sit back and judge and go, oh, who does she think she is to think, you know, she's going to get so and so on her show? Well, I think I've established the credibility of that because I said, and I set the intention publicly as an accountability piece. I'm going to get Deepak Chopra on my show. Took me a year. And I got them, you know, and then once you get those names attached and then it was David Suzuki and then it was Carol Pope and and then it was Lisa Gibbons. And, you know, so I don't think people necessarily uh, are, are apt to, um, you know, doubt me at this point. But it, I think I, I do that. And it's not about narcissism. It's not about ego. And I think a lot of people who aren't in our world don't understand that it's really not about those things. It's, you know, when you're getting a book out there, if you get an agent or you want the Ariana Huffingtons or you want all these other top tier people, the first thing they're going to do is look at your social media footprint. They right. want to know, they want to know what the buy-in is. And so if you don't believe in yourself and you don't put yourself out there and people can see whether you're choosing to play a bigger game or a smaller game, the Ariana Huffingtons and all these other people that you've had both on your program and my program, they're going to go, Oh my God, this person's not serious. Like, yeah, yeah, and if you bring it down to even, you know, for those that that are out there listening to the show that don't have a podcast and don't really care about, you know, the the celebrity status of of who you are or what you know or who you can who you network with, it's interesting. I I gave a a, a program 
probably, I don't know, three or four days ago. And in the, one of the audience members that I was in, and one of the questions that I asked this audience was, what do you want to be known for? You know, when this was a presentation on branding and I went around and I found out a couple of people and then I saw this guy, he was just kind of sitting and he wasn't really sounding off. And, and, and the result was when I called on him, I said, Hey, what do you want to be known for? And I found out his name was John. So I said, John, Hey, what do you want to be known for? And he goes, I don't, I don't really want to be known for anything because I don't, I don't want to have the, 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 um, the microscope on me. And I kept thinking what, I mean, that it's not about what other people think you are. It's who you think you are. Yes. So people sometimes don't understand. I, I don't land those guests because I want, you know, I, I want people to love me. I land those guests because it makes me feel like I'm accomplishing something, even though, again, the normal people, the regular people of the world are the great ones to get. People think it's I want to feel good about myself all the time. And the best way to do that is to is to get that inner smile going. Inner smiles get going by being grateful to people, by showing gratitude, by by being empathetic, by by catching somebody doing something right as opposed to doing something wrong. I don't want people to feel bad when they're around me. I want to feel great. And the way for me to feel great is to get other people to feel great. Very selfishly, I make other people feel good. <laughs> love it. I love that, Doug. And, you, and that's very sincerely true. You know, I know people who are listening uh, because of how expansive the show is. A lot of people wouldn't know you, but there's a lot of people listening who do know you. And uh, it, very true. You know, you very much walk your talk, and I love that about you. Um, so I appreciate that. And it, you've made my world better for knowing you. So I want to well, thank you thanks. for that. I feel yeah. the same way, Lisa. <laughs> and, I got, and I got my red hat on. I'm still wearing my red hat. <laughs> <laughs> you are so loyal. <laughs> I do. It itches a little bit right now. How often do you wear it? Do you have to wear it all day or can you just oh. wear it for the picture and take it off? <laughs> oh, that's, that's the same picture that gets put up all the time. Unless it's winter, it's not on. Trust me. <laughs> but um, so what are some of your daily mantras? What are some of your rituals uh, that keep you on the straight and narrow or, or keep you at least feeling like you, you're in the right place at the right time of, of what you're wanting to do for yourself and your career? I, lo- I love that question. I try to stay grounded every day. My, my morning routine is very similar. When I wake up, I, I literally, before I go into my office and start my work, I have to earn my cup of coffee, and that's by doing 10 minutes of meditation and 10 minutes of yoga. And um, I practice a, a form of meditation called loving-kindness meditation where uh, literally over and over again in my mind or out loud, depending on how I feel that, that day, uh, I will say, uh, may I be safe, may I be happy, may I be healthy, may I live with ease. And those are the words that go through my head every day, all day. And when you start saying, may I be happy, may I be healthy, uh, may I live with ease, may I be safe, on a routine basis, those become your self-fulfilling prophecies. So if I ever feel like I'm out of sorts or I'm not grounded through the course of my day, and I am not a woo-woo kind of guy. So those that you think – those that, might, that might, might be out there thinking, oh, there goes another one of those meditation and yoga freaks. I am not. I'm the exact opposite of that. I will, you will find me just as easily at Dunkin' Donuts downing a, a Boston <laughs> cream donut than you will see me feeding my body with healthy food and tofu and stuff. So – I, I really just need to find a spot in my day where I can where I can become grounded, and my morning is the best spot to do that because it starts my day properly. And then in the evenings, I um, I do the same thing. I do uh, except I don't do yoga at night. I do another ten minutes of meditation. Um, I just want to make sure that I understand all of the good that's that's going on in my world. And sometimes you just need to reflect before you go to bed. Uh, and it helps ease me and, and, you know, put my mind a little bit in a better spot before I, before I go to bed. So those are the two things that I do morning and evening that really help me during the day. If I can find 15 minutes, 20 minutes during the day where I can put on my schedule literally you time, uh, mm-hmm. then I feel that day has really, really, uh, done good by me. My daughter used to look at my schedule and say, you don't have any you time on your schedule, dad. And, and as huh? a 23, 23 year old, that's a kind of a wise statement. And I, I started to find some you time, even just 15 minutes a day to get up and walk around and do something just for me. And um, those are really the tricks that have helped me stay who I am and helped me stay grounded through the course of my day. Lovely. And you doesn't necessarily refer to YouTube, right? 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. I, uh, I about seven years ago, um, I unfortunately I went through a divorce, um, but uh, and I can't remember exactly how many years ago that was, but let's say it's five or six years ago. About that's seven years. Yeah, right. <laughs> Somewhere around that time, I I took uh, I took the television and TV and news out of my life. So there is no negativity that actually comes into my life through a uh, a television screen or a newspaper because we all know that there's really no good news on right now. So, right. Uh, you know, th- those things have come out of my life. And everybody always says when I when I mention this as I'm doing seminars and speeches across the country, uh, across the country, they'll say things like, well, how do you find out what's going on? And I say, I'm, I have a Jewish mother. If things get really bad, she's going to call me. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you things will be, I will get I will know if there is a disaster that's going on because my mom is going to call me. Wow. Mom's always on standby, is she? <laughs> yep, totally right, totally right. Fantastic. Well, feel free to tweet out, you know, what you just said, your express sentiment about you know, there's no good news right now, and then you could, like, end off with, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So I don't want to add to the, I don't want to add to the uh, confusion out there in the world. I'm just going to, I'm just going to lay low. You know, what, the other thing that really, what's great about not having any access or not using access to news or television or, or, you know, current events or things that are going on is I've become a really good communicator. And I know that that sounds the exact opposite of what should happen if you're fully vested with what's going on in the world. But I, I'll tell you something. The best communicators that I know are the best listeners. And although I may not know a lot about politics and know a lot about what's going on in the world today, I can promise you I am the best question asker that you, that's under the sun. I know I know everything about the topics that I know about because I'm asking questions because I really I genuinely I just don't know the answers to the questions. And I'm I go at that with the approach of curiosity. Curiosity will really will really do well by most people. Well, and I think that's such a pivotal, you know, point that you raised. And, and I, and I thank you, especially with your success, having shared that with the listening audience, because, you know, a lot of people with your stature, Doug, you know, and, you know, would come across as, as a bit of a, a know-it-all, somewhat seemingly humble, but, you know, I don't need to defer to this. I don't need to, uh, consult with this. Or, you know, a lot of people would hide that element of the fact that, you know, I, I do a lot of research because I don't profess to know everything. And in fact, you know, in, 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 um, Eastern philosophy, they'll say, you know, the more, the older you get, the more you don't know. And that's probably a good thing. Yeah, I would, I would think so. And let me just go back to that other statement that you said. I, I really don't put myself and nor should anybody put themselves on a pedestal. I really, I am, I'm just a guy. I mean, I really am just a guy that, that happens to be, has some great connections and, and I, you know, I, I don't feel like to any degree there should be any elevation. We are all people. You know, yeah. you have the same to offer me. You know things that I don't know. It's all a communication world. You're going to educate me. I'm going to educate you. There is no one upsmanship and there should not be no matter what your position. So if you're the big boss at an organization and you have people within your organization, why don't you take them out the coffee? You know, find out what they're really all about. Talk to them a little bit. Share with them. Let them share with you. Find out what their problems are. I think that you will find that the same problems that you have, they probably have and vice versa. And it's it's such a great thing when you can actually connect with the people that are in your world, regardless of where you are with your socioeconomic levels or your positions or your hierarchy at the at the office. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this, Doug. What are you most passionate about? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, I, I think I'm most passionate about being able to define success and be the person that I want to be. You know, I, I get up every day excited and my wife is, is very, she's a very structured person and she's always like, well, what do you have going on today? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'll look at my schedule and I'll know, but I'm just, I am somebody that is just very excited about life in general. And Mm -hmm. I look at every, every opportunity that I have throughout the course of my day is like my trip to the mailbox. You know, it's like I'm excited about when I go to the mailbox because I don't know what the future holds. There could be something in that mailbox that's going to be amazing. Now, that being said, something that's going to happen in the course of my day is going to elevate me to that next step that will get me to that next place that I want to be. I don't know what it is, but I I look at every day. I face every day with this amazing, wide-eyed anticipation of what's going to happen. So for me, I'm passionate about waking up and being able to do the stuff that I do. I'm fortunate also that I've, for the last 30 years of being self-employed and probably 
17 or 20 of those 30 years of not working for anyone else. What's so great about that is that I get to choose who I work with. I get to choose the players in my life. If I decide that I want to continue with the C-suite network, I do. If I decide that I don't want to, I'm okay with that too. I, you know, you get to do what you want to do and I don't have, you know, I'm most of my days, I don't get out of my pajamas and I think it's a great way. <laughs> it's a great way to live. I do my, I do five, five episodes of my podcast every, every week. And most of those days I am not out of my pajamas because that's how I'm most comfortable. So for me, it's like, right. this is a great way to make a living. I'll tell you, this is a great world we live in. Well, as long as you're sporting that red tooth, you're in my good books always. I got it. I got it going right now. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and I, I just got that that visual uh, just backtracking to a, a little bit of what you said a few moments ago about you being just happy and elated and grateful to just walk to the mailbox. I I think I'm going to just start calling you Skippy, Doug. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah, some people might some people might refer to me as Hey, he's the happy idiot, and it's like that's okay if somebody wants to refer. That's fine. That is however you want to refer to me is fine. You know, on my uh, I, I was um I was on Dove Barron's uh, show yesterday. Love yeah, love I love Dove also. And he said, what do you, what do you want on your tombstone? And I said, you know, it's, it's funny you asked me that, Dove, because this is actually something that I've shared with my kids and I share with my family all the time. The words that I want on my tombstone, on my headstone, when I go and I'm, I'm put in that eternal resting spot is, he made me laugh. I mean, those are the words. I mean, he didn't even, I didn't have to think about it because those are the things that I've actually <clears throat> had this in my head for the last, you know, 50 years of my life. He made me laugh. That's all I want to be known for when I, when I go. Love it. The words that are going to be on my tombstone are going to be more along the lines of extra large coffee, double milk, please. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I think I think it should be, you know, uh, instead of uh, live fearlessly, I think it should be died fearlessly. Because <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, I mean, nobody really knows what's on the other side. But if it's going to be, you know, if we're in a game right now and we're just elevating to another level and there's maybe some differences and not a lot, I want to go in with my extra large coffee. I want to be proactively ready for the next level. Yeah, caffeinated. <laughs> yeah, oh, Yeah. <laughs> But, um, so, you know, you've, you've talked a little bit about your, your intangible, your tangible mentors. You've talked a little bit about a lot of stuff. Um, but what I would also want to know from you, Doug, is, you know, for people who know you and know what you're characteristically attached to, whether it be C-suite, whether it be, you know, your podcast, whether it be your number one Amazon best-selling book, um, what else would maybe surprise people who do think that they know you quite well wouldn't know about you? Mm, geez, that's a good one. I, you know, I'm, I live so openly that I don't know if that, that I would be surprised. I, I think that, interestingly enough, when you, when you asked that question, I don't know why this popped into my head, but the first thing that came into my mind was um, people were surprised that I got a divorce. I, I, you know, the, I guess the, 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 the common belief is, well, how does somebody that's happy all the time and believes that being nice is such a great attitude and, uh, and a great place to be, how does that somebody that, that, uh, that quits on a marriage or gives up? And I, and I felt like, um, that's the first thing that popped into my head. So the reason that I went through a divorce and I'm not at all making excuses for anything, but I just wanted to find more happy in my life. I just did not mm -hmm. feel like I could fix what I, what, you know, what's going on. And I think that, that, that kind of puts me in a position where I think that we all need to embrace change in our life and it is okay to change and it's okay to, to have a course change and a course direction and a course correction, let's call it. Um, I, I don't think there's anything that would be surprising that people would know that, that people would find out about me. I'm a, I'm a guy that loves to win, but I don't want to win at any cost. Uh, mm -hmm. I love negotiation, uh, although I don't want to negotiate to a fault. Um, there are there are probably several things that um, you know that that people would say. Well, that's kind of that falls in line with somebody that's really nice. But I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's a good question, but I don't really have a, a perfect answer for you, unfortunately. Well, you know, I love the fact that you raised that because I mean, you, everybody knows I've been very, you know, I'm very authentic and I'm very open and transparent about the shit that's happened in my life because I'm really about, you know, my message partially is 
knowing how to turn shit into gold. And I think, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I think we're faced with those choices every single day because let's face it, as a human being, none of us come out unscathed. You know, none of us are immune from feeling certain emotions and a lot of things that happen as we get older in life. Uh, unfortunately, there's going to be disappointment. There's going to be people who let you down. There's going to be things that don't turn out with the anticipated outcome of, of what we went into it thinking. And in my case, that was marriage as well. So, yeah. um, you know, and I think a lot of people, because, of, I mean, let's face it, we're 50%, if not more, unfortunately, of the demographic. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, they carry that shame around and they see themselves or they view themselves as a failure. And, um, and really, it's, 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 it's nothing about that. You know, you can still respect and, and be friends and be amicable with your ex and wish them nothing but the best. And, uh, but that doesn't mean that you're, you have to be held hostage for the rest of your life because of something that maybe was right at the time, but you outgrew throughout the course of that relationship. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The other thing I think is is really interesting about what we're talking about is that mistakes are bound to happen. Um, I think it's what happens next that really counts. And right. if as long as you deal with the the shit in your life, as you say, the shit in your life that's that's uh, that's been going really bad, and you you know you have a choice. You can either get caught up in it and let let it take you down a, a downward spiral of of gross. Or you could use it as a springboard to help you get up to your next step. And I'm just the kind of guy, and it sounds like you're the, the type of woman also, Lisa. I don't, I don't know you well enough to be able to make judgments about you, but I can tell you it seems like from the, from the stuff that I read about you and the relationship that we have, it seems like you take adversity that might be going on in your life and turn it into a positive and figure out, well, how am I going to get out of this fuckery. And that yeah. for me, that's, that to me is what it really is all about is how do I, how do I transcend this shit to get out of the fuckery and put myself in a good position? And that's truly the way that I have led my entire life. There's the guy that walks into the, you know, into the, into the, uh, the room that's filled with horse poop. And as he's diving through it and smiling and everybody's saying, well, why is he diving through this and smiling? I'm like, with all this horse shit in here, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. And that's, that's just the way I feel. All the shit that goes on in people's lives, there's got to be a pony in there somewhere. And I'm always the guy looking for the pony. Right. Well, I love that. I love that. Now I've got this visual of every day you've got this happy face <laughs> digging through shit. Right, right. <laughs> well, we do. We do. You know, we, we go through enough adversity in our life on a daily basis. We have the choice. We can either let the adversity hold us down or we can let the adversity, you know, boost us and, and push us forward. I'm the kind of guy that just uses and turns everything into a positive. And I don't I don't I can't imagine going through life it, with a negative attitude. So it really is all about how to become a, a, a positive attitude, how to create a positive culture in your environment and, and how to help other people do the same thing as well. And, and that is really what makes me feel like I'm successful. Excellent. I love that. Well, I, I think one of the, uh, I, I knew I was at the tail end of my marriage when I'm at the point where I'm looking at this person who I had two children with and I'm, all I could really think of was, you need to go and fuck yourself. Really? You just need to go and fuck yourself. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, this, you know, this isn't about divorce per se, but it's about real life. And, 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 you know, going back to the top of the hour, you raised something that was very pivotal. It's not about talking about all the success stories and all the yeses and all the open doors and all the great things that people necessarily would be uh, inclined to make the presumption or the assumption for people like you and I, when they hear about this having happened, this accolade, this success and the momentum of our growth. Well, you know, let's let's be completely honest here. This has come out of a lot of rejection. It's come out of a lot of stress and tears and uncertainty and not knowing where things were going sometimes from minute to minute, day to day, week to week, month to month. And the, the fundamental difference is we just saw it through. We just saw it through. And Absolutely. We, and quit. So call it a failed marriage. Call it unforeseen. None of us have a crystal ball. We don't know where we're going. But if you stay true to who you are, you set your intentions, you have your goals, and you're very clear on the type of life that you feel you're meant to lead, whether it be impacting the lives of others, enriching the lives of others, and that comes from your book or your podcast, Doug, then I say you're doing a beautiful thing. And uh, just keep doing what you're doing because the world needs more people like you, my friend. No, thanks. Well, I, I work I work hard at it, so I appreciate somebody noticing. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you're grinding every day. Every day. Every, every day. day. 
every day and you're doing it with a smile on your face. I, I, you know, I, I just have to look at Facebook and I know that that post got put up with a smile on your face. <laughs> oh, I totally did. I'm like, I'm like, get my hat on this morning. I'm like, oh no, I didn't get a chance to take a shower. You know, I'm still in my pajamas. I have my pajamas with my hat on now. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I think I'm wearing actually one of my nice guys on business, uh, t-shirts. It's a, we have a, we, our, our hardcore fans are called our Funkin' fans. So I ended Love up it. making a whole bunch of t-shirts for them and uh, I, I just picked one up and I said, okay, I'm going to put that on and I'm going to put my red hat on and I'm going to be Lisa today. <laughs> oh, you're rocking it, Doug. You are absolutely rocking it. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, where can people find you? Let's talk quickly about the book. You know, let's talk about uh, where, how long it took you to write the book, uh, how quickly it got published and, and uh, got set up with Amazon before it became number one bestseller. Where can people sure, purchase? Sure. I want, well, I want to hear no, that's okay. They can get it right on Amazon.com. It's called Nice Guys Finish First. There's a couple of titles that are that are that. It's the one that's written by Doug Sandler. Um, let's see. The uh, the book was it was really it was um, I did not even I, I don't even really like writing. But uh, what I ended up having to do because I, I reinvented my career about five years ago and started this professional speaking business. And as a result of hiring a speaking coach and then hiring um, a couple of coaches along the way, everybody was kept letting me leading me back to that. You need to write a book. You need to write a book. So I said, I can't really write a book because I don't think I have in me what I need to have. So they dispelled that myth pretty quickly. I sat down with my writing coach and he said, here's what we're going to do. You're going to write 10 pages a day for the next 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sorry, 10 pages a week for the next 20 weeks. So you're going to have a two page, a 200 page book by the end of this, this 20 week period of time. And I kept thinking as I'm doing the math, well, that's about a page and a half a day. And I, then I developed a, a, a routine. I would go into Starbucks and 95% of my book was written in a Starbucks. I wrote my book. I, I, I listed all the stories that were in my life, the people that influenced my life, all of the lessons that I learned. And then I started to weave all of those stories and lessons and, and life through each other at that point. And what was great about it was at the end of 20 weeks, it did exactly what my uh, my business coach or my writing coach said. We had a 200-page book. We started shopping publishers. Um, I got rejected by a couple. I was found by one of them. Motivational Press uh, took a chance on me and uh, and published the book. And um, it, that was a 20-week process to write the book. It took about nine weeks to get from the approval process in December till about the middle of February to uh, to get it actually over to Amazon and, and edited and everything was done correctly. The book came out at the end of February or beginning of March of 2015. I think about nine or ten days later, uh, it hit number one on the Amazon list. I would love to say because of great writing, but mm-hmm. then I would be lying to you. <laughs> but the reason the reason it hit number one was because over that course of 20 weeks plus the year before them, which I knew that I was setting up to write a book, I started building my network. And so when I released, released the, released the book, the book, the book, I already had 10, 20,000 people that were poised and ready to buy this book. So for me, it really was just about the joke that I always tell everybody as I'm standing and, and delivering one of my speeches or, or presentations was tell everybody writing a book is 20% writing, 80% marketing. And that is the reality of where it is. It is, it is truly, uh, a, a process that it, it's not what you know, but who you know and just get it out there. So that's kind of how the book came about. Fantastic. Fantastic. And so after having had that experience, are you at all inspired to follow up with another book? Yeah, I think I, the first book was called Nice Guys Finish First, and I think the the second book is going to be called Yes More Mr. Nice Guy. So I think I think we're going to come up with a second one. I just I'm trying to figure out where in my schedule right now I'm going to put it between all of the projects that have been going on. So I, I don't think it's going to be something in the next year, but there are there are definitely some ideas. There's a chapter on consistency that I've already written. There's several chapters in this reinvention process with uh, social media that I'm going to put information about. There's there's a bunch of stuff that that I know has to to get in that new book. Well, maybe you need to revisit that chapter on consistency to get things going with that second book because we want more. <laughs> we want more, Doug. <laughs> well, right now, right now, everybody's going to have to just uh, be be satisfied with listening to me. I'm I'm on I'm on the air ad nauseum five days a week. So if you really want to hear a, a total shit show, head over to the Nice Guys on Business <laughs> and, and and listen to what we do. We have some great conversations with some great you know movers and influencers in the world. And where can people tune into your podcast? I think anywhere you get a podcast. I mean, iTunes is a, is a good is a good place to start. I think we're the yes. right behind Tim Ferriss is the number two show on uh, on Overcast. Uh, I, I was always surprised we're ahead of all the NPR shows that are on Overcast. So I'm I'm just going to maybe just keep that quiet for a little while. 
but, uh, but on iTunes, we certainly would love to have some, uh, some more subscribers if you have a, uh, if you have the iOS series, but uh, Stitcher, uh, anywhere where you get your podcast, you can find us. Fantastic. And if anybody's interested in being coached or mentored by you or wants to see you speak, how else can they reach you? I would love it. I would love it. We have a podcast consulting company. We have a business consulting company also. Um, and uh, we have an online training program. There's a bunch of different ways. Uh, feel free to reach out to me directly or you can talk to one of my staff. But the, probably the best way to do that is just reach out to me because I'll get you into the right hands. Doug at DougSandler.com or uh, just look me up on Facebook under Doug Sandler. Fantastic. And so before we leave here in part ways, it always goes much too fast for my liking, as you know, Doug. Um, But what would you say to the listening audience in terms of, you know, any nuggets you can throw out there about what it would mean to embody living fearlessly? So for me, I'm going to make it a really practical thing because I think that people oftentimes they want to have uh, they want to have action items, things that they can do immediately. So uh, can I? Is it okay if I just give you a, yes. a, a really quick a handful of those things? So these are the five practices that I that I live with every day. Return your phone calls. Return your emails. Be on time every time. Stop overpromising and underdelivering. Meaning set ex, ex, you know exceed expectations every time. And communicate and reach out to the people that are important in your life that you haven't talked to in the last month or so. Those five things will set you apart from all of your competition because nobody's returning phone calls, emails. Everybody's late for their appointments. All of the shit that people need to do. <laughs> if you just do those, whatever you do, you're going to be successful in in life. So those five things. That's called the nice guy 30. I'm happy to share that with them again, Doug at DougSandler.com. If you send me an email, I'll send you the little PDF that will have the uh, information, Doug at DougSandler.com to get uh, the um, the nice guy 30 program. Well, and what Doug neglected to mention there on top of all those action items, which are certainly very crucial, very important to living fearlessly, the cherry on the top is do it with a red toque on your head. <laughs> That's true. Hey, I'm going to change I'm going to change the little logo. It's going to have a little red toque on his head. <laughs> I have a little rock star at the top of my uh because of my, one of my things is branding rock stars. I'm going to put a little red toque on his head. That's amazing. I just got this like little image of party on, dude. You right, know, right. Who are those two again? Wayne, Wayne and Wayne and Garth. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just you just showed your age, Lisa. <laughs> Maybe I did too. I knew it. I knew the answer too quickly. <laughs> well, I can't thank you enough, Doug. You know, I just I love all the contact that we've had. I love the fact that I can say that I actually met you in New York, and you really are what you presented uh, before we even had the privilege of meeting one another. So I just want to say. Nice to know somebody in the business world who truly is authentic, somebody who really is about connection, somebody who really is about paying it forward, being of service, and and yet honoring themselves with all the great things that they definitely are imparting to the world. So keep doing what you're doing, Doug. You you stand out from the rest, and I think you're fantastic. Um, And I would love to, at some point, if you're agreeable to do so, come back on my show and talk about that book number two after you've read Consistency. Uh, Totally, totally ready to ready to do that. That that that's a done deal for sure. Fantastic. And I want to thank you, too, for inviting me onto your podcast. I know we still have to firm up a date for that because you're super, super busy along those lines. But the fact that you even initiated asking me, I was very touched by that. No, I'd love to have you on the show. I think we'd have a great conversation over there. And uh, my co-host and I will definitely have a chance to uh, to grill you even more. This will be even better. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be be prepared to talk about anything other than business. (laughs) You know what? That's fine with me. And and I love that we get to play in the same same, uh, sandbox of dropping F-bombs if need be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. Our show was built on F-bombs. Just ask Gary V when he came on my show. I'm like, bring it on, baby. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) he's great I love him but um, anyways Doug I just want to say I wish you all the best you have another great day keep smiling oh I just got you in the sidebar with the (laughs) two sent you the picture sent you the picture (laughs) you are so fun nobody does that you're the only guest who's ever done crap like that (laughs) (laughs) I want to make sure you know that you're important to me (laughs) love it But listen, you have a great day. I know you're going to be smiling throughout the course of the whole day. Have a wonderful weekend. Again, I want to encourage all my listeners who, I again, I'm grateful for taking the time out of your schedule to join in here. And if you weren't able to do so with the live show, podcast is going up shortly, which I will issue to you as well, Doug. Um, Again, I want to thank you for being over one of 150,000 podcast subscribers to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald over on iTunes. I, I, I really can't say enough how grateful I am to all of you. Uh, and that's only possible because I'm blessed to have people like Doug 
who come on my show take the time out of their busy schedule to join us and to impart their wisdom with the listeners and myself. So I want to thank you, Doug. I want to thank you, listeners. I want to wish everybody a phenomenal, safe weekend. I look forward to being back here and doing this with you once again next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern on the Contact Talk Radio Network. If you have any questions, if you wish to reach out to me, feel free to do so at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. McDonald is spelled M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. And alternatively, you can reach me at lisamcdonald13 at gmail.com. I want to say love and gratitude to all and continue to live fearlessly. Love to everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.